We started culturally speaking to indulge our curiosity about the way others live and a desire to inspire conversations about how we have far more in common than we realise. The following episode contains references to murder, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and rape. My name is Nelson Tressler. I am the founder and CEO of I Got Smarter Goals Elevated. I'm also the author of The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. And I am living in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I've got quite the unique origin story. My mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town in Pennsylvania, uh, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers. Uh, He stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding another. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial where he was facing the death penalty for what he had done. And during his trial, my mom got up and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed the police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And uh, my mom's testimony worked. My grandfather's first trial ended in a hung jury. He, the state took the death penalty off the table because of my mom's testimony. He was eventually found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where he ended up spending the rest of his life more than 40 years behind bars, leaving behind in this small town. Now his family of 15 children, including my mom and me to deal with the consequences of that. It was always, I, I, I always knew the backstory as long as I could remember. I mean, I was always that kid and it was always being brought up to me and you know, of course, you're, you're always wondering who your, who your father is. And what I will say is there's a lot of twists and turns in that story that my mom told me. And, um, you know, as I said here today, I'm still not 100% sure who my biological father is. Uh, but for the longest time, yeah, I, I, I've always known that story and different versions of that story uh, my entire life because of that small town and because it was always being brought up to me and, you know, who my father was. And, you know, eventually I was born to a 15 year old mother under these circumstances, but um, believe it or not, my life didn't get any easier. Uh, My mom eventually met a man who would become my stepfather. We quickly realized uh, after the marriage that he was an alcoholic that he was very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom almost on a daily basis. And eventually my mom and stepfather had four children in quick succession. And because of the lifestyle that they were living, uh, a lot of the basic needs of my siblings fell upon me, Uh, bottle feeding, diaper changing, waking up at 2 a.m. to put crying babies back to sleep. And that's, you know, that had a huge adverse effect on my life in in every aspect of it. Uh, I remember going to school the last day of fourth grade, excited to find out, you know, who I was going to have for fifth grade and, and uh, looking down at my report card and seeing the fact that I had straight F's and that I would be repeating the fourth grade. 
I had missed probably 50 or 60 days of school that year because my mom would rather me stay home and help her with the kids than go to school. And the next year, I eventually got placed into special ed to get the help that I needed. At this time in my life, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't spell. Eventually, uh, come to find out, I had dyslexia. And that's the way my life went until one day my stepfather, who was walking home drunk from a bar one night, there was somebody else driving home drunk from that bar, and they ended up hitting and killing him. And it's at this time that my mom... Uh, as hard as her life has been to this point, my mom could not figure out how she was going to care for five small children on her own. And it was at this time that she decided that she was going to take her own life and she attempted suicide. And fortunately, she wasn't successful. But when she did get out of the hospital, it was at that time that my family got split up. And that's when I went to go live with my grandmother who was the uh, wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And that's when my life, for the first time in my life, there was always food in the house. Uh, the lights always turned on and there was always heat. And that's when I started to kind of look towards what I wanted to do with my life and, and specifically where my life was heading. And, and I looked at my life and I didn't like where I was heading. I didn't like the direction I was going. I saw where I was going to end up if I stayed on that path. And then one day a counselor came into uh, our school. I was in about seventh grade and they talked about what it was going to take to get into college. And I remember thinking to myself, if I could just get a college degree, if, you know, if I, if I could graduate from college, the rest of my life would be perfect. And then just like always happens, whenever you tell yourself you're going to do something that's going to be very difficult, uh, that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming at you all the reasons you shouldn't even attempt it. And I remember that voice telling me, Nelson, you know, you're in special ed. You can't read. You can't write. You can't spell. Of the family that I came from, of my mom's 15 brothers and sisters, only two had ever graduated high school. None had a ever even attended a college, but I had nothing to lose. So I, you know, the next day I started to do the things I thought I would have to do to, you know, get a college degree. A uh, long story short, it took me 12 years. It took me four different universities. It took me four years in the United States Air Force, but finally I became that first person to uh, get a college degree in my family. I think a lot of it was my grandmother. Um, she was, you know, me and her always had a special relationship almost every day. She would, you know, look at me and, and tell me, Nelson, you know, one day you're going to make something of your life. And she believed it so thoroughly. And, and, uh, I could tell, you know, she really believed it that I loved her so much that I wanted to make that come true. And so I think that was a lot of drive in my life. And uh, also, I think there was some in there that um, I wanted to prove a lot of people wrong because because of who I was, because of what family I came from, because of my circumstances. A lot of people looked at me and didn't expect me to amount to, to much, if anything. And I wanted to prove to everybody that, you know, I was worthwhile, that I could do something with my life. And uh, I think that drove me a lot as well. I mean, we all dream to get to that time in our lives where money 
or time doesn't matter. And because of goals and personal development, I became totally obsessed with goals and personal development after I was able to graduate from college. And over the last 25 years, I've used that in every area of my life to really design and build a life that I couldn't have even imagined. And I was able to you know, become the top salesman worldwide for a top five commercial real estate firm. I was able to start you know, 10 businesses, and in, including one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country. And now I've been able to exit those and retire from real estate in a position to where, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I feel like I came, you know, and, and, and I thought about why I had lived the life that I had lived. Why did I go through those circumstances? And then I started to, you know, that, that story that I told you guys, that weakened me. I, I never told anybody that story except for my wife. The only person that knew outside of my small town was my wife. My kids didn't know about it. My friends didn't know about it. I didn't want to talk about it. But then what I realized was I lived this life and I came out the other end uh, so that I could help other people and, and give back because a lot of people don't come out the other end. A lot of people born in hard circumstances get caught up in those circumstances and are, are unable for many reasons to break the, the cycles and be able to live a successful life. And I was able to do that. And, I, and, and it was because of a lot of people, a lot of luck, a lot of blessings. And I feel like that happened to me for a reason. And I feel like I need to give back and share my story. And with this new business, uh, I got smarter to help people realize the power of goals and that we don't have to live the life that we're living right now, that we have so much potential inside of us that with the right tools and the right knowledge and the right support, that you can really live this life and become this version of yourself that you can't even imagine. And that's what's happened to me. And that's what I want to give back to people through sharing my story and, and building this, this uh, new business. No, no therapy for me. Uh, I, I probably need it. Uh, the book was very therapeutic, though. Uh, writing The Unlucky Sperm Club and going through a lot of those stories and a lot of those childhood memories and putting them down on paper. And I think what really helped me by writing that book was after writing down those tough situations that I was in and those trials that I was in, I was able to really look back on those and find where they had given me strength, where they had given me the, the fortitude and the determination and the drive to live the life that I ended up living. And so I, I didn't look at those issues as horrible things anymore. I looked at them as situations that made me into who I was. And if I di didn't live those through those circumstances, I might not have come out the person that I am. So that was very therapeutic to me and, and helped me really put a good, a good take on my childhood because I truly believe we get to assign meaning to everything that happens to us in our lives. We do. And uh, if you get to assign meaning to everything that happens to you in your life, you should dig as deep as you can to put a positive meaning on it. And that's what writing 
the Unlucky Sperm Club did to me is I really saw how those circumstances of my youth helped propel me as a husband and as a father and as a business owner and and uh, as a as a citizen of the uh, uh, you know of the world. Yeah, I think it was when I was exiting these businesses and I was getting to the point in my life, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Uh, I, I'm i not one to sit on the beach and watch waves roll in. It, it's just not in me. I need to be doing something. And I also felt obligated to share my story and help other people because I had made it through this and I you know, I, it's a pretty unique story. It's a it's a very unique origin story. And I was reflecting upon why I had lived it. And I felt obligated to share that story and, and share how, you know, the process and, uh, and how I had made it from where I started to where I am today. And, and not only that, where I'm going, I'm not done yet. And I think Sometimes, you know, I might be the only person to get through to somebody by hearing that story. And I know there's a lot of people out there who have gone through horrible things. And I think they get through to certain people. But I think there are certain people out there that will hear my story. And then all of a sudden, they're going to want to take action or it'll give them inspiration or hope to turn their lives around. And when they turn their lives around and live better lives, essentially they're making the world a better place. And that's that's what I'm doing today is I want to make this world a better place, one person and one inspiring goal at a time. And however I can do that uh, is, is what I want to do. I have great hope for my future. I've got three awesome uh, young men, uh, you know, boys, sons, uh, that are off to living very, productive lives and that I'm so proud of. And so that gives me hope to see what they're going to do in this world. And I'm, I'm hopeful for all the great people that I see coming up uh, behind me. And uh, I, I think we're all in a, in a very good situation. I think, you know, all the advances in technology are going to help people live better, more fulfilling lives if they use them properly. I also think technology can hurt you if you don't use it properly and and uh, as a way of, of living a better, more fulfilling life. So I'm very hopeful and, and I'm hopeful because, you know, I'm out here helping people achieve their life's biggest goals. And all of this started in my life with just one goal. And then it's gone from there. So I know what the power of one goal can do. And that's why I have I Got Smarter out there is because I know, you know, goals don't just change your life. They change the lives of everybody around you and they change it for generations. You know, look at where my boys are. I mean, I'm going to brag a little bit. I'm a father here, but, you know, I have a son serving a mission for his church and, you know, taking two years away and and serving. And my oldest son already did that. And the son that's out there now had a division one baseball scholarship that he worked super hard to get, but was willing to put that on hold to go do what he thought was right. And I've got a 15 year old that is, uh, you know, working hard and, and getting straight A's and doing all that. 
that's drastically different from the life that I lived. And uh, that's, that's encouraging to me is now that they're doing that. And that's what I want to do for other people who have found themselves in a rough situation. Maybe their household was chaos like mine was. Maybe the parenting wasn't there like mine wasn't. Maybe they were born in poverty like I was. Maybe they're victims of abuse like I was. But I want to show them that, hey, you can take control. You can stop the cycle, uh, get focused. Here's the tools. Here's the knowledge. Here's especially the support to go out there and design the life that you want to live. And not only is it the life that you want to live, it's a life that's going to change everybody around you and it's going to change your posterity for generations to come. You know what? I'm living a life that I have to pinch myself every morning. So I think I would be remiss not to to rank it as a 10. Is, Is my life perfect? Absolutely not. But I don't think life is supposed to be perfect. Uh, But I'm sitting here talking to you guys about success coming from where I came from and having the flexibility to do that and the means to do that and the time to do that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't change a thing. And uh, I, as I said, I don't feel like I'm done. I feel like there's a lot more for me to do in my life. Uh, I feel like I need to become a better version of myself. But as I said here today, I mean, I cannot be anything but grateful for how life has turned out to this point. Subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram at Culturally Speaking Podcast. You can also check out our website, culturallyspeaking.co.uk for a transcript of this episode. Share your stories or your show ideas with us by sending us an email at theculturallyspeaking at gmail.com.